With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sports Show. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me are my cohort, co-hosts, cousins, Justin and Derek. We are recording this episode on April 26, 2017. We're flying missing man formation tonight, but Tyler will be back with us soon. Imagine, if you will, a nexus point where two disparate worlds, college and pro football, collide. Where fans hope and pray for the one player to be able to hoist the Vince Lombardi trophy and assure a championship for their team or who may be stuck collecting the jock straps or perhaps being decorated in them. A place limited by time and surrounded by war rooms. A place called the Draft Zone. <laughs> yes, the NFL Draft is upon us once again. Come tomorrow night in the city of brotherly love. Alas, Husker fans, my love is fading. I'm afraid as interest is hovering between fair to midland. Justin! You're all about the evens, odds, and peculiars. What are the odds you even watch this damn draft? The odds are good. But you know what's even more amazing? I knew the reference before you even did. <laughs> I knew it was Twilight Zone. I had you pegged right from the get-go. I decided, I decided to lighten up on you tonight. Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. But here we go. Here we go, headed into the draft. As far as Nebraska fans are concerned, we've had... We are one of five teams that have at, had at least one person drafted in every draft since 1963. That is an awesome. amazing statistic. Will it continue? That's what I want to know, guys. If I were to set the line at 1.5 for the number of Nebraska draft picks, what say you? Derek. Well, I, that's a tough line, really. I, I would probably have to go with the over. I do think that uh, Seathan Carter and Nate Gary will probably both get drafted. Although I don't see us having any draft above the third round. Maybe not even that high. It might be fourth or fifth round before we even get one person drafted. Mm -hmm. But I I think both of them will end up drafted by the end of it. I'm going to have to take the under here. Uh, I think Nate Gary has a better chance at getting drafted. However, uh, Charles Davis... uh, from NFL.com or NFL Network uh, was on unsportsmanlike conduct this week, and he thought that Gary would go in the third or fourth round, maybe Seathan Carter before him. I have my doubts, uh, but the NFL does seem to go with the black shirts anyway. You know, look no further than Prince Mukamara, Zachary Bowman. So yeah, secondary players. I can see Nate Gary going then. Uh, my friend, however, uh, who follows the Big D. Uh, he said the Cowboys are looking to potentially pick up Seaton Carter in the seventh round. And that's all well and good. But to quote The Wire, it makes me sick how far we done fell, fellas. I mean, seventh round? Really? Is that what we're hoping for here? Uh, it, it may be this year. I mean, I'm, 
I was looking at some of the uh, mock drafts, CBS Sports. Uh, they had their mock draft, and they had zero Cornhuskers being drafted at all. That's sad. I mean, that's it is very well, sad. I, I was looking at the one from 24-7 Sports, and they had one getting drafted, and it was Nate Gary, and they had him at like 161 overall, which would put him about the sixth round. But, I mean, yeah. can you blame them, really? Because, I mean, both of them performed subpar in the NFL Combine, and, you know, granted, you had some Husker players that performed in the on the Pro Day, and they did pretty well, but, you know, I mean, it's like City of Brotherly Love, you're auditioning for Dick Vermeil and Philadelphia Eagles, and then you get a bad showing, that's what's going to stick, so. Sure, sure, and, and I'm an optimist, so I... I would go for the over on that with uh, Gary and maybe Seth and Carter go, but you know, I I'm kind of held in check when I see the CBS sports mock draft and what Derek's talking about, you know, Gary late in the round. And if you go to NFL.com, when they do their draft ratings next to all the players, uh, they only list three players from Nebraska and uh, the minimum that they have as a real category is 5.0. And that's a 50-50% chance to make a roster. Mm. And Nate Gary had the 5.0. The other two guys that they had listed on there was Stephen Carter and Westerkamp. Both of them were at 4.9. Now, I do think that some of these guys are going to make free agent, uh, signed free agent contracts after it's all said and done, and that's probably going to benefit them. Sure. And, sure. you know, at the end, it's going to benefit them more. But – uh I'm still going to stick with my guns, go for the over. You know, looking back, you know, uh, the last time that we only had two guys was 2013, but we haven't fared well as far as draft picks going in the past, you know, 15 years. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really had a lot to show for it. In 2001, we had seven draft picks. In 2004, which has been the highest since then, and that's just five picks. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. 2011, we had seven. We, we we did have seven in 2011. But, I mean, we're usually just like right about that three or four yeah. every year since uh, 2001, and that's just – it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to be that guy for just a minute again. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where the ESPN draft falls. Their their mock draft falls, but twenty four seven sports has two Youngstown State guys getting drafted, and number eighty six overall is Derek Rivers, outside linebacker, and then they had Avery Moss getting drafted at like one eighty, I think. I was gonna suggest. Yeah, I was gonna say Avery Moss. He was talented. And, he was talented. He just couldn't, he kept, was. Just couldn't he was. keep it in his pants. Well, it's not like he did anything terrible. He just showed it. <laughs> he didn't bailer it up or anything. Showing off his slice oh. of meat. There's no harm in that. I, that, store, that store was not that convenient, okay? Yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> It definitely makes an impression, but we got a lot of questionable characters in this draft that just really get on my nerves. Justin, yes, we do. Yeah, the uh, two guys that are just just killing me right now, absolutely killing me. Uh, Alabama's Reuben Foster and Jabril Peppers. They both came up with these uh, diluted piss samples there at the combine, and now, you know, uh, Reuben Foster. This is a guy that got kicked 
He got sent home from the combine for getting a fight with a medical staffer. (laughs) And then you got Jabril Peppers, which is, he is such an amazing athlete across the board. Oh, bar none. I'd say he's the best athlete since, uh, you know, Charles Woodson potentially, but yeah. we talked about on this show whether he was deserving or not of the Heisman, and That's we could right. make an argument for this guy. That's right. And he Very has true. a Very sample. True. And, you know, and then Adam Schefter comes out, and he's talking about that. Now teams and GMs are kind of saying, hey, pump the brakes on uh, Jabril Peppers. You know, they're, they're dinging him for sitting out in the bowl game, which at the time, Adam Schefter didn't say anything about that, but now sure. it's, it's kind of a big deal. And you kind of couple that with, uh, you know, him sitting out at the last minute along with his diluted piss sample. And it's like, you know, th- there's character flaws in these guys. And Randy Gregory taught us so much, not taught us so much. I mean, it's kind of like stay well, off kinda, the stuff kinda, in the dress. Well, when there's how not to get away off, with it. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, when he's got more failed piss tests and he has tackles, I mean. I mean, you could say this. You could say this about the two. You know, the two you mentioned is that hey, at least they got a you know maybe a valid excuse. You know, hey, coach, I had to hydrate, or hey, coach, I'm just checking to see if my kidneys are working. I mean, you know, you can come up with any excuse. But isn't that you would think that this would be far more prevalent? You know, and the agents coming out. You know, the agents are saying, "Well, there was a sickness involved, just trying to stay hydrated." The agents are only saying that because they have a vested interest in the financial gains that that draft prospect has if he Welcome goes in the first business. round of third. Exactly. Or, or, or maybe the Randy Gregory situation has made us so down on all these players that we won't take any excuse for the truth. Yeah, at least Randy Gregory was upfront about it. I like pot, damn it. Well, he came up hot. The other two guys, they had the diluted piss samples, which makes you kind of think. Which just means they drink too much water. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I would. I, I don't know that I would take too much stock in the water, fact they drink too much water. But the part that bothers me is the fact that they're trying to damn them for sitting out the bowl game when just two years ago, what was it, I think two or three years ago, you had Jadavian Clowney. Who sat out half damn season because he didn't want to get hurt, and yet he still got drafted pretty high. And so maybe the NFL is finally going, "Hey, maybe we need to figure out where these guys' priorities are at." Yeah, I, I, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's it's, a lot of there's a lot of. It's always a learning here. experience, right? You know, you you see what burns you, what you pay out all that much, all that big money. And these guys just aren't reliable. I mean, if if the writing's on the but, wall at the beginning, how when are they going to have the line not move? Because they just keep moving that line every single year. I mean, how far are we going to go? What are they going to get away with? Well, I think I think the NFL is doing kind of a smart job at uh, dinging these players. We, you know, before they'd kind of ignore the smoke. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. But they'd kind of like ah, there's smoke. That's okay. We, you know, there's there's nothing there. But well, but there's still some of that with Mick, with Mixon still being in, involved in the draft. Yes, exactly. Good point, Derek. He was invited to the combine though. He I may get drafted, and he, he may not. He may go the seventh round. Maybe nobody will take him. I hope nobody takes him. My goodness, but it's but a business. It's a business. It, it is a business, and, and you know, it's 
and I mean to be fair, I mean the only thing that'll probably get me watching the draft is I guess uh, astronaut Peggy Whitson, who uh, set a record in uh, most time spent in outer space. I guess she's doing the uh, Houston Texans picks from outer space in the space station, and that's a first in the history of the draft, and further evidence that intelligent life needs to stay the hell away from the Earth. Oh. Uh, but I digress. <laughs> uh, let's move on to happier football topics. Uh, the Baylor spring game happened this weekend, and they had a really nice heartwarming moment where they had a design play for a fan with Down syndrome, which, you know, really tugged on the heartstrings of Baylor fans. You know, there was no sick em, There was only love em in the stands. And I was really, really pleased to hear about that. What do you think? What do you think, Derek? Well, the fact that you could bring happy and Baylor in the same sentence amazes me. With all the garbage that they have human. going on. Yeah, this is a cover-up. This is, a, hey, we're still human. Hey, feel sorry for us. We still care about the fans. No, you well, guys you, screwed up, and you need to pay for it. But what do you expect them to do? Because they're kind of in a tight spot here where it's like, hey, look at us. We're trying to improve, really. Seriously, look at us. I mean, it's desperate so, and it's so, transparent. So, and it's so, don't, so don't go. Something. So don't go to the mentally challenged and try to improve your image. That's wrong. They're using this kid just to try and clear their image, and I disagree with it. Justin? Yeah, you know, uh, I live in Baylor country, so I'm kind of torn here. I've seen what has happened to the city of Waco with the success from Baylor, whether it's women's basketball or the football team, and it's been an economic boom, I think, for the city of Waco. I mean, the downtown transformation, everything around Baylor – that all the way through I-35, you know, success does, you know, it, it has its rewards. Yeah. However, there's nothing more sickening than what has happened on the Baylor campus. And they have yet to be punished. They're on their second head coach, and I'm rooting for Matt Rule. I think he's a great coach, and I think he can offer a lot to uh, Baylor and the community. But it's just sad when uh, teams like in the past, uh, Jim Trestle, his career was ruined trying to cover up a tattoo scandal. Right. Where players got free tattoos for memorabilia. Well, you know, I, look I'll, at what I'll, I'll, happened I'll, since then. I mean, well, you're right. I'll disagree. With you. I'll, so disagree. I'll disagree with you on one thing. As far as being more sickening, there was nothing more sickening than the Penn State deal. That would, I mean, Baylor's a close second, but there's nothing more sickening. I don't see than the how Penn you can State rank deal. them. They're both cases of disgusting, but, unforgivable but behavior. Th- this is what I would argue on that, guys. You know, Penn State, Penn State, they got a huge penalty for that, right? They had a five-year probation, four-year postseason ban, uh, 112 vacated wins, a $60 million fine, and they lost 40 scholarships over the course of that. The NCAA uh, wants to wants to put the hammer down and send a message to make sure this kind of crap never happens across the board. They need to give them the death penalty. They need to give them the death penalty. Well, anything would be better than what they have right now because they have not been punished right now. Whatever they get needs to be equal or greater than to Penn state. And I would argue that it needs to be greater 
than Penn State. Well, they need to send. Them I, 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 I would. Equal, I would. I would argue it needs to be equal. I don't know about Derek, greater. Derek, this this is the point that I want to make that it needs to be greater than Penn State. With Penn State, it didn't involve any active football players. It acted. It didn't have, involve any active coaches. There was a cover up by Joe Paterno, but Sandusky. He was not an active coach during when this happened, right? Maybe, maybe in the beginning, very beginning, you know, the back in the nineties. However, yes, but yes, but but you also let him lead a charity that involved all children, and you just basically gave him ammo. Yeah, well, th- that's true. What what I'm saying is, it, okay. For me, I think that the, the Penn State thing was more of a criminal thing because Sandusky was such a criminal and all that. What I'm saying is with Baylor, Baylor was an active cover-up involving 31 football players. When you say something about Penn State, though? It didn't involve any football players. But it did involve a cover-up. It did involve a cover-up. That's what, but I think if the NCAA is going to come down on an institution, it needs to be, you know, it has well, to involve more than enough evidence well, to do so. I mean, well, well, with I, don't, Baylor, I don't know sure, why they're because, dragging their feet on this. Well, because it involved active football players. It act. It involved the coaches. Involved the the administration. That's why you know Ian McClaw, McCraw, he uh, jumped ship. He had to resign. Ken Starr he had to jump ship and resign. And then Art Bryles he gets fired, and. But Art Bryles, he's still he's probably going to find a job sometime because That's somebody's going to. Well, it is, and he shouldn't be able to. He absolutely he should not be able to. If Jim right. Trestle's going to get banned for five years from coaching college football for covering for doing up a hell of a lot less than right. like, for covering up eBay Bryles. and uh, tattoo scandal, then Art Bryles for covering up a rape scandal should be banned for life. And I guess that's where I'm coming from, guys, on this. I'm coming from the the aspect that the NCAA needs to track down just because uh, just because it involved active football players, active coaching staff relevant to football. And it didn't wasn't necessarily, you know, the what godly, you're gonna make it sound like that I'm minimizing what Jerry Sandusky did, which I'm not. But the NCAA But that was they did, in and they didn't come down well, hard enough. This is their chance to no, come no, no. down I, hard. I don't, I don't know if the NCAA eventually reversed a lot of what the punishment for Penn You're State. Right. Because You're absolutely right. Well, because and, and, and I, will agree, they, I will agree that if they come down on Baylor like they did Penn State, they need to stick to it and not back off. I, needs to be I, I will agree with that. In the process, I mean, what the NCAA has done is completely just disavow, just completely made everything they do irrelevant. Because they have no credibility behind anything they do at this point. They are impotent. They are an impotent organization that cannot enforce the law when they have to. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's sickening. And that is kind of like a uh, well, really somber way to end our show, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. Gosh, we need to find something happy to talk about. Well, I got something, but it's going to come in the shout-outs. Um... Shout out to the Nebraska baseball team for taking two out of three against Minnesota this weekend and to the Husker softball team for setting a record and beating number five ranked Illinois 14 to nothing in five innings. Reports of a demise exaggerated. 
If you want to hit us up and visit us on our Facebook page, you can also follow us on Podbean. We're also available on iTunes, so don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at huskercuscast at yahoo.com for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes. Praise, more praise, or troll us to your heart's content. We'll see you next Wednesday. A Husker fan once told me, go Big Red, and I had him for dinner with some fava beans and a nice red Chianti.